0: Eddie Guerrero versus Brock Lesnar is a David and Goliath story. It's a phrase that gets tossed around an awful lot in pro wrestling, and indeed in all forms of competition. It usually means that one side is completely overmatched by the other in terms of raw size and power. It's one of the more common stock narratives in fiction, and it's 100% in play here. Eddie Guerrero was a career-long cruiserweight who rarely tipped the scales at more than 200 pounds. Brock Lesnar was a 300-pound monstrosity with a 36-inch vertical leap. Part of the drama comes from that differential. But there's an angle to the David and Goliath metaphor that's more than just a size discrepancy. Goliath was a career soldier, encased in armor and carrying a shield and spear. David was a shepherd, armed with a toy, from Whammo. It wasn't just a mismatch, it was a non-sequitur. And that deeper level of incongruity is at play here too. See, Brock Lesnar was about to defend his WWE championship against his greatest rival, Kurt Angle, at the biggest show of the year. He had beaten that same man to win that championship exactly one year before. You couldn't write a more epic conclusion to that rivalry, and all Brock had to do was put down one last challenger, Eddie Guerrero. Now people loved Eddie, but with the Lesnar angle showdown on the horizon, it wouldn't make sense for him to win. Right? Today on I Hate Wrestling is Eddie Guerrero versus Brock Lesnar. David and Goliath. Hey, So, uh, you would say that you're more of a Benicio del Toro mumbler, I guess. Yes. I, I, I'm, uh, I've started recording by the way. Okay. That's great. Uh, we're going to just start just right, right in. Uh, I, I have more of a Kelsey grammar thing going on. Okay. Good. Uh, frankly, uh, I would love to listen. I'm really Matt Marvel. Next time you do an X-Men movie, the beast needs to be louder. You can't have the Beast mumbling like Benicio del Toro. <laughs> He's a boisterous kind of guy. Like yeah. I don't know, I didn't care for, I didn't care for the characterization of the Beast in the most recent X Men films.
1: I mean, I I did like how Nicholas Holt handled the role in general, but we'll have to see how things are in the next film, which is I think they pushed it back from Valentine's Day <laughs>
0: to never of,
1: of, no, Valentine's Day of next year, <laughs> whenever the... Valentine's Day 2019 to like June, July, maybe (laughs) November. I don't remember for sure. It's it's definitely later in the year. Fox is all over the place with all the Marvel stuff they're doing. (laughs) I know. And
0: especially the X-Men movies. Like, I don't understand like I don't understand why they won't just let it die. Like, they're they're still technically torturing the same continuity. From the Brian Singer movies, from like two thousand. Well, I think they they wrapped up that part of the continuity or what have you. I, yeah, but it's, still, but it's still, but it's still tied together. You can't cancel out the Brian Singer continuity in the same movie where you tie it to the to the Matthew Vaughn continuity. Oh yeah, considering what they done <laughs> yeah. with
1: Nightcrawler, among others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Nightcrawler. Was doing his own thing in the Singer films, hadn't met anyone else. Oh, yeah, that's.
0: It's weird! Oy. It's weird! And we did the whole thing where it was like. Time travel. You got, yeah, you got. an alternate dimensions. You got Fassbender and you got McKellen in the same movie. Yeah. As Magneto 1, Magneto 2. And then you can't, at the end of that, which they did, be like, well, <laughs> we're only doing one Magneto from now on. I'm like, oh, man.
1: <laughs> well, I, th- I think McKellen is taking it a little easier in terms of. All his
0: projects, not so much superhero <laughs> capes and everything. Okay, but let me let me tell you, let me say this about Ian McKellen magneto. He seems incredibly powerful because he almost never moves.
1: Yeah. When yeah. he does yeah. his magne- <laughs> when he
0: does his magnetums. <laughs>
1: when he uses his
0: powers. <laughs> yes, when he does that's what I said, when he does his magnetums, he's basically like it's 90% eyes like he'll flick his hands around a little bit like he's conducting a tiny flea orchestra and special effects yeah we'll take care take care of the rest but like <laughs> there's a there's like a part where Hugh Jackman leaps at him and he just like glances away and yeah. Hugh Jackman sails off into the distance and I'm like that makes him seem crazy powerful yeah which yeah. makes sense cuz he's been working on it apparently the character of Magneto is about 130 years old
1: uh, I'm just thinking in terms of the... If they're, if, if they're going with childhood and the Holocaust
0: and everything like right. that. Right, he's like... He's very clearly 30 in X-Men First Class, which is like
1: 1963. Yeah. Um, and that's yeah, like yeah, yeah. 60 that, years but, ago. Yeah. <laughs> 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 which explains why they're still sticking with the... I think it's... I think Dark Phoenix is going to be...
0: 70s, 80s maybe? I think
1: 80s. 80s, because... Apocalypse was seventies, <laughs> mid to late seventies, I think. Yeah, it sounds about right. I think. Oh. Yeah, I'm gonna say mid to late seventies. So this is early, early mid eighties, I think.
0: It just seems like this whole why are we doing an Austin Powers thing where every movie has to be in a different decade, <laughs> <laughs> like I I, th- I think it's more so the progression of history over the decades
1: I and guess. how mutants are are I guess focused on in each.
0: Um, I just, Each decade. I would just like maybe a clean slate is all I'm saying. Like, we've done it with Spider Man ten times. Can you do it with the X Men <laughs> once, maybe? Jason, welcome to the podcast. We're here to talk about professional wrestling.
1: Thank you very much, man. Not
0: unprofessional podcasting, which is what we've been doing. <laughs> I'm less a, of a professional than uh, than these these fellas here, which oh, is God. really really saying something. Um, thank you for thank you for coming on the show. You are very welcome. I'm always I'm always listen. I'm always glad. To have people, people who need people. I used that joke before. I'm going to cut that. Just not a, not a lot of a mileage in a, a Barbra Streisand pro wrestling <laughs> podcast joke. I, I took that as more Spamalot. Spamalot? I haven't seen Spamalot. You okay? <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> Jason's getting up to leave the studio. <laughs> no, <laughs> the 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 quote unquote studio.
1: No, uh, if you're a fan of Monty Python, uh huh, then um, you've seen Holy Grail. Yes, I have then I think you'll enjoy
0: Spam a lot. Uh, probably. Yeah. It's a safe assumption, yeah. I would think. Yeah. If you love Monty Python and you love <laughs> the Holy Grail and you're watching Spam a you're like, this sucks! <laughs> <laughs> well, let me say uh,
1: you're, you're familiar with the show, at least.
0: Bring on Eric Idle! <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, um, Eric Idle or we riot!
0: <laughs>
1: no, uh, original Broadway cast, Tim Curry as King Arthur. Okay. Um, David Hyde Pierce as Lancelot. Okay. Um I forget who else was in the show, but yeah, the the cast recording is definitely worth checking out.
0: Okay. For starters, of course. <laughs> for, for starters. Okay. I'll, I'll I'll check it out. Like he, like I say, I mm-hmm. it's it's in my wheelhouse, surely. So we are here today to talk about the ancient and mysterious art mm-hmm. of professional wrestling. Jason, since this is the first time you and I have discussed professional wrestling, I have to ask you, uh, it's a hard question, <laughs> it's it's hard for me to even get out. Oh no, I'm stumped already. <laughs> but do you hate wrestling? I don't hate wrestling,
1: I was just never really interested in it, uh, The the machoism and everything like that never really appealed yeah, to machoism, me either. yeah yeah and, yeah, and, and, macho, yeah. <laughs> yeah so that didn't really appeal to me and uh just like the staged fighting aspects and i guess the the showmanship and all the various storylines mm-hmm. um, it was like okay what's going on this week what's going on this week what you have to be extra for the service <laughs> uh <laughs> among other things and yeah just when, when i was growing up um wrestling never really
0: like televised professional wrestling never really caught my caught my interest. Okay. You, I mean, we've hit on a few things here. It, I mean, it is obviously uh, stage combat. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a commercial. Uh, televised wrestling is a commercial for the pay-per-view. So, unless you are invested in seeing how the story plays out, mm-hmm. you're going to be... Uh, Or I should say, unless you're willing to pay for the pay-per-view, you're Mm -hmm. always going to be disappointed by the commercial for the (laughs) pay-per-view, which is the weekly show, because it never resolves anything. Okay. So the purpose of the weekly show is to get you to buy the pay-per-view. At least that's how it used to be. Nowadays, they have a subscription model, so they have to assume that all of the fans who watch the weekly show probably also... I have a subscription. It's a whole it's a whole mess. They okay. still haven't quite figured out how this new business model is going to work because they still oh, like God. pay off the pay off the storylines on these shows, but if most of your fan base is seeing the 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 paid content as well as the free content, is there more or less of a barrier between the two? Is it less permeable, more permeable? Mm. It's weird.
1: And and given with the the move towards streaming and everything like that, it's yeah. like Okay, pay-per-view and TV, do they have they have streaming online yeah, pay-per-view, something they, yeah. like that?
0: Yeah, if you subscribe to the WWE Network, you have okay. access to all pay-per-views as they're airing, as well as every pay-per-view they've ever aired, as well as reruns of the weekly shows. Okay. So if you subscribe to the WWE Network, you have access to essentially everything they've ever done, as well as everything ever done by all the companies that they have bought out over the years. Subtle plug here. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I said to Jason before the show, like one of my one of my goals is is to not like somehow become magically a writer for Monday Night Raw, but I would like it if they gave me a free <laughs> WWE Network subscription. So you, uh, so you're not a wrestling fan, but you say the uh, the appeal of pro wrestling uh, eluded you. Yeah. Okay, that's fair to say, because. It's also fair to say that most wrestling, the vast majority of wrestling, is not great. A lot of it is, you don't don't have a two-hour show or a three-hour show every week to build to a major show where stuff happens. Mm -hmm. If you're just flipping through the channels, the chances are pretty slim that you're going to see something that's going to catch your eye and really hook you. But cool stuff does happen, I promise. We're going to watch something cool today. Okay. But before we talk about the cool thing that we're going to watch today, mm-hmm. I want to talk to you about a piece of wrestling media that did somehow capture your attention, mm-hmm. which is Beat the Champ, correct? The Mountain Goats concept album mm-hmm. about old school professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. So what, what's your what's your history with with this particular record?
1: Um, mainly caught my eye because. It's Mountain goats. Sure. Uh, I've heard. Was I think I listened to a couple of their albums, more so, some I guess top tracks here and there. And then when Beat the Champ was coming out, it was 2015, twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen. Right think. around there, yeah. Yeah, um, the fact was like, okay, wow, it's Mountain Goats doing an album about wrestling. That's that's interesting. I wonder how it'll how it'll go. Um, so I listened to it. I I, I definitely enjoyed it, um, and we uh, we'd. we'd uh, been in discussion prior to, uh, prior to, actually meeting up, and I mentioned uh, one at least the album. You've mentioned one of the tracks, and yes, that led to what we will
0: we, we'll, what we will be discussing today. Right. So the track, and this is my favorite track from the album, is the ballad of Chavo, or is it the legend of Chavo Guerrero. The legend. Yeah. The legend of Chavo Guerrero, and this is told from the perspective of a of a guy remembering his childhood watching like in the middle of the night uh, broadcasts of obviously in the Pacific Northwest because Mm -hmm. it's mountain goats. Yeah. (laughs) um, An old regional pro wrestling show featuring the Guerrero family. Now the Guerrero family uh, listeners to my show will remember the Guerreros from episode seven mask versus title uh, that's the first time we met Eddie Guerrero when he was in sort of the uh, the peak of his douchebag, <laughs> reprehensible behavior. We also talked a little bit about uh, Chavo Guerrero Jr. in our Lucha Underground episodes. Um, but Chavo Guerrero Sr. was, at the time, he was the oldest son of Gory Guerrero, who had been a huge star in Texas and Mexico in the 60s. His oldest son, Chavo... Became a pretty massive regional star in the 70s and and early 80s. And he was just uh, very athletic. He came off the top rope, and a lot of guys didn't come off the top rope. I think that's one of the lyrics, actually. (laughs) Yes, Chavo Guerrero. uh, Look high, it's my last hope. Chavo Guerrero coming off the top rope. Yeah. I want to say, Chavo Guerrero might actually have invented the moonsault, which is the backflip off the top rope. Okay. If you've ever seen, if you've seen the official video for The Legend of Chavo Guerrero. I actually watched it earlier today, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you see, you see Chavo as an old man mm-hmm. show up and actually execute that backflip off the top rope.
1: Okay, I'll
0: have to watch the, the video. <laughs> that's how it ends. He like, uh, he's coming off the top rope and it kind of fades out. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Okay. Um, so that was, that was Chavo and he was famous for having uh, this really intense feud with Rowdy Roddy Piper. Mm. They had a, a very nasty brawl, very bloody brawl that a lot of people still remember to this day. Luckily, it's one of the few matches from that time period and that era that got recorded. So you can actually go, and I would recommend everybody actually check this out, Chavo Guerrero versus Roddy Piper. Roddy Piper, of course, would go on to major fame, wrestling Hulk Hogan at the first WrestleMania, okay. menacing Cindy Lauper and Captain Lou Albano. <laughs> As part of the, oh, the quote-unquote rock and wrestling connection in the early 80s. He wrestled Hulk Hogan on the war to settle the score on MTV. Uh, so Rowdy Piper went on to bigger and better things. Chavo Guerrero Sr. sort of missed out on that boom because the truth is that when wrestling became really big in the early to mid-80s, Uh, It was a great business to be in if you were a big, muscular white guy, not so much if you were Chavo Guerrero. Yeah. And that is sort of the narrative of the Guerrero family that followed through up until this point in time. We saw in the early 90s, cruiserweight wrestling became a really big deal. Smaller guys, uh, Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, Mm -hmm. Chris Jericho... Guys like that came from Mexico and Canada and Japan mm-hmm. and sort of created this hybrid style that was very exciting. But they were still sort of on the on the undercard. Mm-hmm. They weren't considered to be on the same level as the big, bulky, heavyweight wrestlers. Mm-hmm. They are still sort of going by the Hulk Hogan model mm-hmm. as to who the main event stars could be. Like John Cena? John Cena, oh, yeah, no. very much like in the okay. Hulk Hogan mold. Right down to the catchphrases and the merchandise and the you know Hulk Hogan had you know train say your prayers take your vitamins and John Cena has <laughs> hustle loyalty and respect mm-hmm. it's all very much like note for note and then also the the hand wave thing right the, John Cena has the whatever, whatever you can't see me oh, okay, yeah. and Hulk Hogan had the sort of cupping his hand to his ears to listen oh, yeah, to yeah, people right. for so it's very much a note- for-note sort of thing mm-hmm. and in the late 90s and early 2000s, Especially in the early to mid-2000s, we'll say. An interesting thing started to happen, which is that WWE bought out WCW, which was their main competition. And WCW had been the promotion that had this vibrant cruiserweight division with all of these smaller stars. Okay. And WWE started to figure out that people really liked these guys. And they started to put together that just because they were smaller didn't necessarily mean that they weren't marketable, that they weren't a draw. Kind of like a David versus Goliath type thing? Sure, yeah. I mean, there's always been money in David versus Goliath as a storyline, but in WWE, at least, they always call WWE the Land of the Giants. You can have a David versus Goliath story, but ultimately, Goliath stays around. Gotcha, okay. That's kind of their business model. And at some point, they started to realize that some of these guys that they brought in were who were slowly building this following over years and years and years. Like I mentioned, Eddie Guerrero was famous in the '90s for being like an enormous shitbag villain. Mm-hmm. Again, listen to episode seven if you want to hear about his quest to okay. remove Rey Mysterio's mask. <laughs> um, but by this point in the early two thousands, people were falling in love with Eddie Guerrero specifically. First of all, he has an incredibly compelling. Real life history, mm-hmm. yeah, and also because he just has this incredible passion that's evident when he's when he's speaking and moving. He's like, he's it's like he's on fire. And uh, I guess this is a good a good time as any to talk about the homework mm-hmm. and your initial impressions about our two uh, our two antagonists we should say mm-hmm. in this match today. So we've got Eddie Guerrero, mm-hmm. and we've got. Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. So first, what are your impressions on Mr. Brock Lesnar? Uh, to be frank,
1: <laughs> the first clip, at least, racist dick.
0: <laughs> now you're only saying that because he hired a mariachi band. Yes,
1: and <laughs> hired a mariachi band. Uh, said, I think it
0: was. It was he, he, they swam a long way to yes, get here. <laughs> yes.
1: It's like no, that's two thousand four. That stuff would not and should not fly today, let alone back in two thousand four.
0: Right. Yeah. This uh. is this is this is George Bush's America, uh. and uh, and and Brock Lesnar is here on national television, hiring a mariachi band to play for uh, Eddie Guerrero, who has won an opportunity to challenge Brock Mm Lesnar for his WWE championship. So in order to congratulate Eddie for this momentous achievement, he has sarcastically hired a mariachi band. Uh. (laughs) And he does one of the worst dances I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. Brock, no. (laughs) (laughs) You don't get the feeling that Brock has heard no a lot in his life.
1: He probably needs to hear it more. He probably
0: does. He probably does. Um, how would you describe Brock Lesnar physically?
1: Fairly close to, like, The Rock in terms of just his build.
0: Yeah. He's like an unfrozen Viking prince. Okay. Like, I, I picture, like, <laughs> like Mighty Thor has become encased in a glacier, and they unfroze him, and they sent him to college in Minnesota. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then they gave him some really, just really horrible tattoos. And that's Brock oh, Lesnar. Um, I'll go with that. <laughs> this is before Brock Lesnar had his worst tattoo, which is just an enormous phallic sword right on his chest. Oh, cause I was going to say if it was a tattoo of himself on his <laughs> chest, it's like, no, no,
1: he, he doesn't Get
0: that erased. <laughs> he has a big skull on his back with like sort of emerging out of a tribal pattern it's bad. And then he's got some more skulls like with horns on them on his arms. Oh, God. Um, I will say this about Brock Lesnar. Um, you expect his voice to be deeper than it is. Because <laughs> Brock sounds like this. A little bit, kind of nasally.
1: When I think of the name Brock, I think of Patrick Warburton.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Hey, you hungry? Think about making grilled cheese. <laughs> So no, this is Brock Lesnar, not Brock Samson. Unfortunately,
2: <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, Brock Samson.
0: First of all, not racist. Second of all, uh, just a just a nice a nice guy and uh, great great at killing. <laughs> so so that's so that's uh, Brock Lesnar, and what what did what kind of sense did you get of of Eddie Guerrero? It's definitely got a lot of baggage in terms of family history
1: yeah I think uh what was it Brock was talking about addiction and Eddie was really really just mining that because of like from what you said his family history uh, I'm guessing his his own yeah troubles and past as well yeah um so yeah he's he's he definitely has a lot more writing on it from a from a personal standpoint than Brock does F- with Brock from the sounds of it it's just another fight where I'm gonna just whoop this guy and with Eddie it's like I have something to prove I got this legacy uh uphill battle everything like that
0: yeah so that's that's a good point we should talk a little bit about the career parallels Mm -hmm. or uh, not really parallels their careers in parallel and how they are not really (laughs) the same journey so uh you can probably tell that uh, Brock is quite a bit younger than Eddie first of all Brock Lesnar's like 25 here oh my god Eddie is maybe 35. Okay. And Eddie had been wrestling since he's like, I don't know, 15 years old. Started out wrestling for his dad, tagging, you know, in a tag team with his brothers. Mm -hmm. And it took him until the mid 90s to really get anywhere. Mm -hmm. And at that point, he was doing probably the best physical work of his career, but people just weren't looking for somebody of his stature to be a main star, so he was sort of toiling away, underappreciated, and just pushing himself, he developed, uh, he developed an addiction to painkillers. He got into a car accident, came back from it too soon to try to get back in the ring, mm. I leaned on painkillers again to try to get, oh to get healthy. He says in that, in that clip, he was in Minneapolis when he passed out in the shower in the locker room, and they took him out of the... Like, they had to carry his body out of the shower and took him straight to rehab. Oh, God. And he said that he's, he had two years where his life just fell apart. His mm-hmm. wife left him, took the kids. And this is all real stuff. Mm-hmm. This is Eddie Guerrero the person, not necessarily Eddie Guerrero the character. Mm-hmm. We are blurring the lines. Yeah, yeah. To create this this backstory. And he's made it back all the way. This improbable... It's... Not only is he a physical underdog, he's an underdog in the sense that he shouldn't have even survived that car accident, Mm -hmm. much less the subsequent drug addiction, much less getting his life back on track to the point where he's now wrestling at the highest levels again, where he's earned back the trust to uh, to be in this position. The company has this faith in him. He's got his family back. He needs that championship essentially to prove that there was a reason to keep going. Gotcha. Okay. He needs that championship to be a capstone Mm -hmm. because, you know, maybe if all of that hadn't happened, maybe he never would have considered that this was a possibility. Okay. But now that he's been as low as he is, or as low as he was, this for some reason now feels more achievable because what wouldn't feel achievable at this point considering what he's already done? Mm Mm-hmm. And considering what he's already overcome, it's just one more match. Mm. Maybe it's Brock Lesnar, the unfrozen Viking prince, but <laughs> it can't be harder than losing your family and rehab and mm. uh, and addiction and a car accident. And before that, 20 years of banging your head against the glass ceiling because you're the wrong size and the wrong color.
2: Yeah.
0: It's just one more thing, one more thing in his way. Mm-hmm. And at this point, because of what he's already overcome, he feels like he's right there. Now, meanwhile, Brock Lesnar was signed by wwe right out of college okay at 19 years old okay he became wwe champion for the first time at age 23 defeating the rock okay okay then. <laughs> uh, I- imagine imagine being a wrestler on tv for about a hundred days and then defeating the rock for the world heavyweight championship yeah. goes on to defeat hulk hogan by referee stoppage literally squeezed hulk hogan until blood came out of his mouth and the referees just called the match.
1: Okay, yeah. then. <laughs> and that's when The Rock decided I'm going into. A movie. Yeah, essentially, <laughs> or, yeah, or, or, probably around the same
0: period. I yeah, it's ex- actually Alien yeah. Right. That's kind of why The Rock, you know, he was defeated by Brock Lesnar, and The Rock sort of went away. Mm-hmm. And Brock Lesnar goes on to defeat the Undertaker. He goes on to defeat essentially everybody who steps in his in, in his path. He, so yeah. He d- Thor. Yeah, Thor. <laughs> he defeats he defeats the Big Show, who's seven feet tall and weighs 500 pounds. Oh he defeats God. Kurt Angle, who is a legit Olympic gold medalist. Wow. <laughs> yeah. He, he loses a few matches okay. here and there, but he always gets his win back. And it's just... He has this aura of invincibility. Mm-hmm. And even though he lost a few times, he's the heavy favorite in any match that he's in. Mm-hmm. And he didn't really learn anything from okay. his losses. Because... Maybe somebody... Kurt Angle beat him. Say, Kurt Angle beat him. Okay. Brock Lesnar beat him in the rematch.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Not by doing anything different. Just by being Brock Lesnar. You know what I mean? And that's, that's pretty much the story of Brock Lesnar's life. He's always just been Brock Lesnar. Okay. He's blessed genetically to be built like this. <laughs> to be able to do the things that he does physically. This is easy for him. Okay. Nothing about this has been easy for Eddie Guerrero. So, here we have Eddie Guerrero... Who sees this match against Brock Lesnar mm-hmm. as the culmination of this impossible journey mm-hmm. and here we have Brock Lesnar looking at Eddie Guerrero as the least impressive mm-hmm. challenge that he's ever had to turn away and he's had to turn away dozens mm-hmm. he's beaten The Rock he's beaten Olympic gold medalist mm-hmm. he's beaten The Undertaker he's beaten 7 foot giants <laughs> why should he take Eddie Guerrero seriously okay and that's the fundamental conflict here okay what do you think? Is that a, is that a compelling narrative? I I would definitely say so. You're on Team Lesnar, right? You want to see Brock really just destroy this guy? <laughs> oh, <laughs> you want to see Brock just fuck this guy up in 20 seconds and call no. it a day? <laughs> I'm 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 on the underdog side here. Yeah, and everybody yeah. and and everybody is. There are a couple more wrinkles that we should talk about. A couple more loose threads that are going to come into play in this match. Mm-hmm. This show is the last pay per view before WrestleMania. Okay. Meaning that, at the end of WrestleMania 19, Brock Lesnar defeated Kurt Angle yep. to win the WWE Championship. Gotcha. Just before this match tonight mm-hmm. that we're about to watch, Kurt Angle won the right to challenge or the WWE Champion. Okay. So the implication there is that we're doing a rematch of last year. Gotcha. And Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar had had a long-term rivalry. Mm-hmm. And it would make sense for that to be a rematch, a big rematch that would be worthy of WrestleMania. Eddie Guerrero would be sort of a Mm non-sequitur. He's got this great underdog story, but there's no pre-existing rivalry between Eddie Guerrero and Kurt Angle. Mm -hmm. There's really no pre-existing rivalry between Eddie Guerrero and Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Uh, It feels like Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle is destined to happen. Okay. Which is why Eddie Guerrero seems even more like an underdog. Yeah. If you're watching this from the perspective of a longtime fan, you would watch this and say, well, "There's no way Eddie Guerrero is going to win." Aside from the fact that he's the ultimate underdog, like it would make more sense to have Brock Lesnar versus Kurt Angle at the Big Show uh-huh. because it's a rematch of last year. Yeah. So in that sense, they're play they're stacking the odds even further, almost metafictionally,
2: mm-hmm.
0: by saying, "You know what we would normally do."
2: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> so. Maybe you might have thought, maybe Eddie could pull this off, but then Kurt Angle won the match before this, and you're like, okay. Okay. I see where this is going.
1: Okay, okay.
0: There's one other threat. Do you know who Goldberg
1: is? I can't say I do. Probably not related to the ABC show. (laughs) No.
2: Uh,
0: Goldberg was another wrestler, sort of like Brock Lesnar. Uh, He's a little older than Brock. He came in in the late 90s in WCW, the, uh, the promotion that got bought out. And he got super hot, like red hot. Mm -hmm. And what he would do, he would just destroy people in like 30 seconds, and he racked up a ridiculous win streak. And people loved Goldberg just because he was this silent ass kicker who would come in, destroy a guy, and leave. Gotcha. Goldberg showed up in WWE about 10 months before this. Okay. And there was a lot of scuttlebutt that we were going to get a Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg match. This sort of irresistible force meets the immovable object. Okay. Brock Lesnar decided to start talking some shit about Goldberg. Oh boy. <laughs> this this doesn't
1: go into um, anti-Semitic <laughs> in hey, territory, no, does it? No, no, no. He was just oh, okay, good. Uh,
0: no. He was just sort of. Uh, he was just sort of trash talking. Trash talking, saying okay. like, oh well, he he was a, he was a fluke. He couldn't be. He couldn't stand up to Brock Lesnar, uh-huh. et cetera, et cetera. Brock Lesnar is at this show, Goldberg didn't have a match for this show, Uh and the feeling was that these two guys were eventually going to come to blows, and in order to stop that from happening so we could get a clean finish in this match, uh, WWE made sure that Goldberg wouldn't be at this show. Gotcha. Stone Cold Steve Austin, pro wrestling legend and agent of chaos, decided that he wanted to see what would happen. Okay. If Goldberg uh, had a chance to to confront Brock Lesnar, Okay. so he bought Goldberg a ticket to this show. <laughs> so Goldberg is in the uh, is in the audience. Oh god. Is in the audience for this show. Oh boy. So Brock at this point, he's thinking he's going to destroy Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. He's going to move on to fight Kurt Angle, and he's also focused on maybe shutting down Goldberg down the line. Okay. These are these are legitimate challenges to him. He's not worried about Eddie. Eddie is worried about Eddie. Gotcha. So that's that's kind of where we are on this cold February night in 2004. Eddie Guerrero and Brock Lesnar are getting ready to throw down in what is the most important night of Eddie Guerrero's life and just another night in the life of Brock Lesnar. Okay. Do you have any other thoughts?
1: Nope.
0: <laughs> All right. Let's go. All right, so we're going to go we're watching Eddie Guerrero versus Brock Lesnar from No Way Out 2004. And here we go. So Brock Lesnar is out first, and good God, just look at the size of this human being.
1: Jeez, his his pecs and his shoulders are just bouncing. Oh my God! Yeah,
0: this guy is just—he's like all bounce. Yeah, he's he's untenable as a human being. Um, so you can see his... Look at that. 36-inch vertical leap. Jesus. Uh, oh, there are the, the tattoos. <laughs> there are the tattoos, yeah. Brock Lesnar, legitimate uh, NCAA All-American. Uh, just a freakish, freakish athlete. I mean,
1: how much how much of that do you think is like steroids?
0: <sighs> uh, quite a bit as far as the size goes, but okay. Brock Lesnar is also just a monstrous human being. Like... Grew up on a farm in, uh, in South Dakota okay. just moving 200-pound weights. Okay. He gave an interview one time where he talked about how he doesn't exercise in a gym because he doesn't need to be able to move 500 pounds once. He needs to be able to move 200 pounds as many times as he needs to move 200 pounds. Huh. Okay. So here is, uh, here is Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> Driving up. In a ridiculous lowrider.
1: Oh my God! It's like straight out of straight out of like a oh God.
0: Cheech and Chong.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Bouncing convertible yep. slash
0: roofless lowrider. Yep. rider with with in fact fuzzy dice. Yeah. So hanging on the mirror. Yep. Uh. Uh, we should talk a little bit about we. I talked a little bit before about Eddie Guerrero and how he just had this fire in him. Yeah. His nickname is literally Latino Heat. Okay. And.
1: And his, his pants have flames down. His the pants room. have. Yep. He's
0: wearing he's wearing red. He's got the flames on the on the sides, and just he's he moves differently than Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's animated. Yeah. Right. You can see the life erupting out of this guy. Yeah. And you could see just how excited he is to be here. Yeah.
1: And yeah, there for a second, Dolph. Look, sorry, <laughs> Brock yep <laughs> looked a bit too much like Dolph Lundgren
0: you <laughs> <laughs> could probably eat Dolph Lundgren honestly <laughs> god yeah Dolph I was
1: Dolphin wrestling at all or yeah
0: there's a Dol there's a
1: Dolph Ziggler okay no no I'm, I'm thinking uh oh uh, Dolph, oh has Dolph Lundgren Dolph ever Lundgren done anything wrestling was, related was, was just uh Rocky Nose boxing yeah yeah,
0: I don't think he ever did anything wrestling related uh, So uh, here we see them in comparison. Brock Lesnar is about uh, six foot three. Yeah, he's got two hundred and eighty pounds. He's got about a head height wise on uh, on Eddie, I'd say. And Eddie Guerrero is uh, probably five eight. Okay. He's packed on a lot of muscle. Yeah. To compete sort of with heavyweights, but probably not a pound over two twenty. And you see Brock just sort of standing there, Yeah. but Eddie's up on the ropes. He's engaging with the he's engaging with the audience, mm-hmm. and here he is uh, a little kind of informal prayer. It looks like
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, yeah. The color palette also just Eddie red, Brock yeah. cold, black. Yeah, yep. yeah.
1: Bl- black elbow pads, knee pads, and bikini bottom. Yep. <laughs> Slash speedo. Yep. With and his,
0: and he's got like this weird little skeleton thing yeah. on his trunks to sort of match his bad tattoo.
1: Yeah, on the bright side, it's not on the front of his trunks.
0: <laughs> yep, I, I would, of course. Uh, Brock immediately pushes Eddie into the corner. Yeah. Because of course Brock's gonna have the strength advantage against Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. And just throws him to the ground, Eddie pops up, and now, look, Eddie's laughing. And Brock is so angry. Uh And now Brock just throwing him to the corner, uh, kicking him. Uh The referee uh, giving him a warning. If you have somebody in the corner, you're supposed to break within five seconds, which uh, Brock is testing that five-second limit right there. Uh Throwing Eddie. Yeah throwing him Ooh. into the air. Eddie landing right on his back. And just look at that blank look in Brock Lesnar's eyes. Yeah, It's like he's on autopilot. It's just yeah. like he's a fucking shark. Like a great white shark. He's a predatory animal. And yeah. this is what he does.
1: Well, if you want to go back to like... Eh, not really wrestling-wise, but it's like a megalodon.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> yep. And we see here Eddie still has fight in him. He's uh, he's he's landing these punches on Brock, but yeah. it's just not having an effect. And Brock is landing
1: hits on Eddie. <laughs> right.
0: Throws Eddie into the corner again, and he blocks it a little that was, bit. That was a good shoulder block there. Yep, and now Eddie, uh, firing back with these with these jabs, but then takes a knee to the stomach and mm. collapses again. So Eddie's problem, obviously, is going to be building any kind of momentum against this guy. Yeah. You could hit him with these strikes, but obviously, uh, again into the corner, Eddie gets oh. his feet up, and now up on the top rope.
2: Not jumps at Brock.
0: Top, but... oh, oh, God. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Legs. T- tighten your
1: legs. <laughs> T-
0: uh. So Eddie I mean, he, jumped he... off the top rope to try to catch him with a, a head scissor, Yeah. and Brock just sort of... Just stopped his body weight in midair, yeah. spun him around, and threw him like a sack of potatoes.
1: Yeah. I mean, if, if Eddie could have brought his legs together a little more, he could have gotten him in a decent uh, headlock of sorts.
0: Yeah. Head scissors. And Eddie just took an, a nasty suplex. Again, Ooh. another overhead suplex. And Brock is just... Remember when I said he grew up on a farm moving 200-pound weights? Yeah. this yeah. is And this is him as a grown man weighing nearly 300 pounds. He can throw oh, Eddie God. like this all day and at this point this is pretty much the worst case scenario for Eddie and you would imagine exactly how Brock imagined this would go yeah this 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 poor guy according you know in Brock's line of thinking didn't even deserve to get this shot against him Uh and right now Brock is proving that Uh by just sort of taking him to the woodshed
2: yeah
0: massive knee lift and Eddie just crumples to the ground and again just those sort of doll eyes not to yeah. go not to go Jaws again but just black eyes like yeah. a doll just yeah. Dun-dun. Dun-dun. now taking a moment to just to just sort of belittle Eddie yeah.
1: it's like I mean Eddie you could easily pants him <laughs>
0: <laughs> shot to the
1: abs head not quite phasing uh,
0: yep and of. again he, he landed yeah. a couple blows and Brock just put him down again yeah at this point, you get the feeling that Brock could end this match at any time, but he doesn't want to beat Eddie. Again, another one of these massive suplexes, overhead yeah. suplexes. And off the stage. Yeah, Eddie just rolled to the floor. But Brock, at this point, isn't trying to beat Eddie. At this point, he's trying to break Eddie. Yeah. He wants Eddie Guerrero to feel ashamed for having attempted to challenge him. Mm-hmm. He wants Eddie to feel stupid he wants to invalidate Eddie's entire quest for redemption, mm. essentially, which is fucked up. Mm. <laughs> it, would be, it would be embarrassing enough for Eddie if he got this far and Brock beat him easily. Yeah. But Brock wants to compound that, make that worse, make Eddie suffer in shame for having attempted this. Mm. And, and now at this point, uh, Eddie is outside the ring. He has 10 seconds to get back inside the ring. Mm. And Brock Lesnar is literally just kicking him but Yeah. Just trying to win the match in sort of the cheapest way possible. Uh, just to... He can't even get back in the ring. Uh-huh. To suffer the indignity of not even being pinned or made to submit. Mm-hmm. Like, you just... You couldn't even get back in the ring after you fell right. out. Uh, and Eddie there... Headbutts in the in the, in the, yep, the, in the In the midsection. Jumps up and... Drags Brock's throat down across Ooh. that top rope, and now uh, and now grabs his leg. Brock. Oh my god. Brock is is uh, trying to to steady himself on that bottom rope, and Eddie manages to pull him toward that steel post, and wraps his knee around the post. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, Brock's selling it
2: though.
0: <laughs> Ooh. Again. Uh, the side of that knee right to the post. Eddie breaks the count. Look at him laughing. Uh, but this time Brock has a better uh, has a better grip and yanks Eddie right into that post. Eddie's taking a, his shoulder and chest right to that steel. But Brock took the steel to his knee two times. Yeah. And now Brock's limping a little bit. Okay.
1: Replay. Yep. Eddie's back in. Yep. With
0: a brief elbow to the back. Yep. Brock picks Eddie up. Oh. And just... Just completely immobilizing Eddie over his head. Yeah. And... It looks like he's trying to walk some feeling back into his leg there.
2: Mm.
0: So he dropped Eddie. And now goes for a pin. One, two, and Eddie kicks out. Brock looks annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> so you get the feeling that Brock missed his chance to win this match easily.
1: Yeah. Now now his knee is Yeah, Brock fucked around got, and
0: now he's bummed. and now he's got a bad knee, and now he's actually gonna have to try, and now Brock is embarrassed. Uh-huh. He shouldn't have had to try this hard to beat Eddie Guerrero, <laughs> but he did because he's a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now he's trying to now he's trying to grind the life out of Eddie. He's uh, he's got him in a in a grounded uh, a grounded sleeper hold here.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: okay. Eddie's yeah. Eddie, Eddie's struggling to get out, but he's uh, headlock. Yeah, there. Okay. Yep. But he left Eddie's uh, Eddie's arms. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And Eddie's uh, nailing elbows to the side of Brock's bad knee. Yeah, yeah. Which forced Brock to let go of that leg vine, and again uh, he drops Brock on his chin. So that's the second time Brock has had his neck and chin attacked. Ooh. Yeah, he's gonna need to get
1: an MRI after this. <laughs> 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 maybe maybe I was jaw wired shut. I don't know. Yep.
0: And up again. And Eddie slips out of it and kicks him Ooh. right in the knee. <laughs> Ooh. Off the ropes again. Oh. And both down. Yeah. And just takes a massive clothesline, mm. but at this point, uh, I love the I love the sort of visual language here, where you like you said they're both down. Yeah, Brock hit a desperation clothesline; uh-huh. they both fall to the ground, and they're sort of in the same position. Yeah, which is a nice visual way of showing that the playing field has been leveled here in a yeah. way that was unexpected. Yeah, um, Brock with a another suplex just dropping Eddie, mm. but this time Brock is having a hard time getting to his feet. Oh yeah. Yep, yeah. And now, uh, he's, he's trying to get up to continue this assault on Eddie, but his knee is really bothering him at this yeah. point. And at this point, I think it's probably, uh, it's probably fair to observe that Brock's entire game plan, which yeah. is moving somebody's body weight over and over and over again yeah. with those big overhead throws, is completely dependent on his ability to have a strong base. Yeah. He maybe, if he has a, if he has a bad leg, can continue those throws, but if he's got one bad leg, he's going to keep tweaking that knee every time. Yeah. So his entire fighting style, you see here, Ooh. he's uh, he's ramming his sh- head and shoulders. Ooh. Yeah, he's he's ramming his shoulders right into Eddie's midsection, but he's generating that power with his leg.
2: Yeah.
0: His entire fighting style is based on oh oh, oh. So he uh, he just ran for another one of those big knees in the corner. Eddie ducked and Brock fell right over the top rope and landed on his knee. Yeah. So, at this point, Brock has essentially... Blown it. Yeah, he's he's, just, he's beaten himself. Here's Eddie with a big uh, flying body press over the top, knocking Brock back down. And look at this in the replay. Yeah. Oh. There's, uh, there's no way that didn't hurt his knee. I mean... Yeah. Sure, this is predetermined. We're all yeah. we're all playing a role here. Yeah. But if you and, if and you I'm weigh sure three hundred pounds and you go over the top rope like that yeah. and land on your knee, there's no way it feels good. Yeah. I
1: mean, I'm sure he's practiced
0: falls, of course. I doubt he's. And, and, I doubt he's and, and practiced that falls. particular fall so many times.
1: I I mean, I'm I'm sure to a, some extent he's he's practiced taking certain falls from certain heights, rolling out things like that. So so. It, at least that would likely lessen the impact on his knee. But still, that would, that would
0: really, really sting, yep. for lack of a better word. Yep. And uh, now they're both back in, and Eddie going to work on that knee. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Brock went for another big clothesline, miss, nope. and Eddie drops Brock with a suplex, mm. and Brock apparently tweaked his knee on the landing again.
1: Oh, God. He is not having a good time with his knees today. Yep. Uh, I think he's
0: gonna need uh, some knee surgery next. Oof! So uh, Eddie sort of went for a for another charge there. Brock and Brock took a page out of Eddie's book and yeah. lifted him up and dropped him sort of neck and chest first on the top rope. Yeah. Which is, if you recall, how Eddie initially took control of the match. So if nothing else, Brock, uh, one, two, and Eddie kicks out. Uh, Brock unable to secure a victory here, but. Sort of, uh, Brock seems to have learned a little something from Eddie Guerrero, that counter at least. Yeah. But despite that, he doesn't seem to have learned that he should take Eddie Guerrero seriously. Yeah. Because he was just sort of standing over Eddie Ooh. and berating him. And Eddie, who is, let us not forget, like a 20 year veteran of yeah. wrestling. Managed to grab his leg. Ooh, ooh. Snake
1: himself out.
0: Yeah, so Eddie's... Leg lock. Yeah, Eddie's got him in what's known as a step-over toe-hold face lock. He's bending Brock's knee in a way that it's not supposed to bend, and he's combining that with... Uh,
1: Pulling his head yeah, slash a, nose
0: back. Yeah, a, a, a chin lock, a cross-face yeah. chin lock. And Brock is able to leverage his arm strength to keep Eddie from, from wrenching back on that jaw... Mm. But he's left Eddie the control of that knee, and Eddie just stomps it to the ground. Mm-hmm. Brock Lesnar. What, what this is really coming down to is he takes more of these vicious kicks to the yeah. knee, and he pushes Eddie away, but he's just he's got no real way to defend himself yeah. at this point. Brock Lesnar has no experience fighting from underneath. Yeah,
1: or with a bum knee.
0: Yeah, or with a bum knee. But in any case, Brock Lesnar, like I said before, has gone into every match in his life as a favorite.
2: Yeah.
0: He has no experience uh, not being in control of a fight. You have to consider the psychological, uh, the psychological implications of this. Yeah. Brock Lesnar doesn't know how to respond in this situation. Yeah. And he does. Eddie's wrestled a lot of matches. He's a, he's been a favorite in some matches. He's yeah. been uh, he's been an underdog in some others. He's an underdog here, yeah. but Brock Lesnar has never been an underdog. Yeah. he's never had to fight from underneath, and <laughs> Eddie takes him out with a drop kick right to the forehead, and again, back to this back to this knee, and Brock manages to shove him away. Um, the only attacks Brock has managed to do in the last couple of minutes are like desperate shoves. Yeah. Um, oh, and overhead suplex. And overhead suplex. Um, he can't get to his feet, but just to remind us that Brock is still a very dangerous opponent, Eddie uh, got too close and got caught with another one of those suplexes. Mm-hmm. Just lest we forget that Brock is uh, he's a wounded lion. Yeah. But he's still a lion. Yeah.
1: Uh, again. Back up. Yeah, their knees. Yeah. And Brock is fully up. Eddie is slowly up, and Brock's got him in a headlock.
0: Yep, he's going for uh, for another another suplex variation here. Oh! And Eddie manages oh. to escape. Ooh, And a headlock, uh, a head scissor takeover disorients Brock. And Eddie again, with a drop kick to the knee. To the knee. And. Uh, Again, another uh, another type of uh, another type of leg lock here—a figure four leg lock, one of the yeah. one of the most iconic finishing uh, holds in all of in all of wrestling. Not not something that Eddie normally pulls out, but this is what happens when you're a twenty year veteran. Yeah. You've got a you've got a lot of tricks in your bag. Yeah. Especially if you're if you're wrestling a guy with a bum knee like Brock has yeah. here. and Brock just sort of flailing his arms trying to yeah. get loose.
1: And he's not letting up.
0: Good. <laughs> <laughs> it's and there Brock it is so he he can't even stay up. He's just sort of Oh, and he finally using his hands manages to scoot toward the ropes. Um it's so satisfying to see Brock Lesnar in jeopardy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, yeah, fucking right, Brock. <laughs> it's so, he's so, he's he's panicking. He has no idea how to react in this yeah. situation. And Eddie's thankfully just out of reach. Yeah. Oof. Eddie's so, so smart, so experienced. He knows exactly what he's doing and Brock manages to reach the ropes and uh, again, Eddie has a couple seconds to let go, which he does. Okay. But, Brock was in that hold for almost a minute. His, uh, his knee is in bad shape right now. Yeah. Eddie is also in not great shape, but... Oh, and back to the knee. <laughs> back to the knee. Yeah. He's just destroying this uh, this yeah. this guy's fucking knee. And ag- Sweeping the leg with the knee from behind. Yep. And again, another figure four variation here. This time, cranking on the lower back, Ooh. using Ooh. the knee. Ooh. And switches it up again to go for that uh, that STF, the step over toe hold face lock. Ooh. Look at where his leg is. That's not oh where legs God. are supposed yeah, to
1: be. <laughs> no. That is definitely true.
0: Yeah, Brock's... Uh, not tapping out yet. It's like his foot is parallel to the mat. Yeah. Oh, and he manages to just, using that gorilla strength, just sort of... Roll that off, Just yeah. roll out. You have to imagine how how much strength it's got to take for Eddie to just hold Brock in place.
1: And suplex again.
0: And another suplex, but each time Brock hurts his leg a little bit more, I think, on these suplexes. Yeah. And now uh, both men are down. Uh, They have to answer a count of ten or the the match ends in a no contest and Uh Brock will retain the championship. Okay. Eddie back to his feet, Uh, probably going for another one of those drop kicks, but Brock catches him and just drives him right down to the mat. And again, get up! Oh, come on! Crawling over for a pin, one, two, and Eddie kicks out. And he can't even believe it. He goes for another pin immediately. One, two, and Eddie kicks out. (laughs) He, yeah, he pins him. Eddie kicks out at two and then out of frustration he just pins him again and just like folds his entire body up. Uh, now uh, Brock is back here uh, attempting to, to squeeze the life out of Eddie again. Yeah. This time it's not a sleeper hold it's a cross face chicken wing okay. because again Brock learns a little bit at least yeah. he's immobilized Eddie's arm so that yeah. Eddie can't elbow him in the bad knee. Yeah. At the very least And he's gone back to the, he's gone back to the sleeper hold.
1: Yeah.
0: Which means that he can can attack that knee. (laughs) Which just, it shows you that Brock Lesnar is maybe getting frustrated. Yeah. You're not going to beat a guy with like, with a chicken wing, but you might beat a guy with a sleeper hold. So he, uh, he had a move where Eddie wouldn't be able to hurt his bad knee and he gave it up. Yeah to try to win the match, which goes to show you that Brock Lesnar is scared at this point.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's exactly what happens. Eddie elbows that knee. And now he's very slowly getting to his feet. Elbowing his his stomach elbows to the midsection.
1: And he Brock takes a head to the
0: (laughs) head to the corner. Yeah. So that was, that was a, a pretty creative move. Uh, Brock thought that Eddie was trying to fight his way to his feet, so Eddie dropped to his knees, and he yanked Brock down with him, who just smacked his face into the corner post. Yeah. Oh! And uh, Eddie went for a top rope dropkick, and Brock just collapsed to the mat. Dodged, uh, basically. Yeah, dodged. But it wasn't a graceful dodge. Yeah. It was like, oh shit! And he kind of <laughs> fell to the ground. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And now Brock... Just staggering Limpin, over to Eddie. Limping over. Limping over. And he manages to get him uh, get him up with another suplex. Yeah. Grabs his knee on the way down again. He's like, it's...
2: Ooh. Uh, yeah, Brock is uh, he's bleeding
0: from the nose. Eddie may have broken his nose when he dropped his face into the corner yeah, there. Yeah, he's
1: going to really need to get a head x-ray. And... Yeah... Knee X-rays, well <laughs> just MRIs. Sides. Yeah, Brock Lesnar is MRIs all around. Yeah,
0: not he's not in, he's not in great shape. Um, and at this point, he's he's just got him in a uh, a, a waist lock, mm. and he's just squeezing the life out of him. This is how we beat Hulk Hogan. Uh-huh. Just sort of squeezed him around the midsection until yeah. he couldn't uh, he couldn't continue. Yeah. So. God, he's, he's got blood everywhere. Uh, he's got blood from his nose. He's got a little bit on his shoulder. Yeah. Uh, it's not looking great for Brock.
1: On the bright side, he's not bleeding out of his ears. That's
0: true. That yeah. would
1: be well, bad. Look at, all that, <laughs> look at all that
0: scar tissue around his ears. Brock's got some nasty cauliflower ears. Uh, which is why you wear uh, you wear headgear when uh, you're yeah. an amateur wrestler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which yeah. Brock apparently did not care to do. Yep. Cauliflower ear. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that's what he's got. Huh. So he's, uh... Eddie's
1: working his way up. Yep. Brock's still got the squeeze on.
0: Yep. And it... Oh, man. Oh, ah, It just gets a gut-wrench suplex, but... Eddie, have you noticed just the quality of facial expressions that Eddie Guerrero pulls? Yeah. And all these close-ups. Brock brock has some good facial expressions too but they're mostly just like screams of rage yeah with eddie you yeah. get like winces of pain you get little smiles when yeah. he feels like he's doing well you get looks of worry he's really a good a good physical actor yeah and brock's got him in like a gator role at this point okay just a rear waist lock and he's just rolling him around mm-hmm. to try to disorient him and now he's going for uh looks like maybe another another sleeper hold no he's just gonna try to Squeeze the life out of him again. Yeah. That's more of a chest squeeze
1: than a uh, <coughs> midsection <laughs> squeeze. Okay. Eddie's getting back up again. On his and, knees. And again, look at
2: it. Oof. And back. Oof.
0: Back to his feet, and Eddie's using his hips, he's spreading his legs wide. And, And a headbutt. And another headbutt. Brock's on spaghetti legs. A fourth headbutt. And Brock is woozy. Headbutt number five. Off the ropes and another drop kick to the knee. And a drop kick Ooh. right to the back of the head. Like like right where the head and spine meet. Yep. Oof. Off the ropes again with a with a flying head scissor. Both getting back up. Okay. Yep. This match is just it's amazing how well they've constructed a a match that's really fifty yeah. fifty given two guys that should be such a mismatch. Yeah. They've created such a tight narrative about why this is such a close match. Yeah. Now here's Eddie with some vertical suplexes. Uh, these are, uh, he calls us the three amigos. Okay. Uh, it's a rolling suplex. He does one, doesn't let go, rolls the hips, and drags his opponent back up to his feet. Ooh.
1: Yeah, because like, why he calls
0: it three amigos. Yep, and suplex number three, amigo Ooh. number three, and now, uh, Eddie's still alive. Pin him. Don't <laughs> don't
1: get cocky, pin him. <laughs> no, he's going.
0: He's going for the uh, the frog splash, the top rope fro- uh, frog splash, which is his signature finishing maneuver. This is the best yeah. move that he has, and he goes for it. Oh, oh. Brock rolled. And Brock rolled. And just the the look of regret on Eddie's face yeah. as he lays there on the canvas, having having missed. I should have anticipated that. Yeah. And look at the, the sweat yeah. pouring off Brock Lesnar. It's really hideous. <laughs> yeah. 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 And now uh, Brock going for his finishing maneuver, the F5, and he swings Eddie around. Knocks out the ref. And knocks the referee that, unconscious. That,
1: that's gotta be a ding there. <laughs> like, five points
0: from Slytherin? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking all the skull tattoos. Uh, Brock would definitely be a Slytherin. Uh, and uh, Brock has hit his big move. But in doing so, he knocked out the referee. He definitely had Eddie Guerrero down for three seconds there. But... Because of the uh, the desperation execution of that move, he's knocked out the referee. And he was not paying attention. <laughs> he, he was not paying attention. He was not
1: aware of his surroundings. He was not aware. Oh, the ref is right behind me. Right. I'm well, going to knock him out with Eddie accidentally.
0: Well, that's been the well, that's uh, been the story of this match. Eddie's been aware of his surroundings. Eddie's repeatedly used his surroundings to his advantage. Yeah. The you know when he dropped Brock over the top rope, when yeah. he uh, moved out of the way, and now here, uh, Brock seeing that the referee. Is unconscious has decided to cheat and declare himself the winner. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure he's going to try to hit him with that.
1: Uh, at least it's not a chair.
0: <laughs> at least you're right. It is. It is not a chair. Uh. So uh, Brock, with his with his bad knee, and here, oh, that is Goldberg. Okay, who has. Uh,
1: yeah, Goldberg looks a lot like Steve Austin.
0: Yes, uh, he has appeared sort of uh, from the ether <laughs> as a uh, as an avenging angel, <laughs> as it were, to sort of set right what Brock Lesnar was attempting to do there, and uh, sort of pay back some of the trash talk that he's been getting from uh, from Brock. So again, mm-hmm. we are we are all unconscious. <laughs> All three members of this match, the two participants and the referee, are all unconscious. Oh,
1: Eddie still breathing. Looks like he's Eddie's. Eddie still breathing. Slowly. Brock is trying to get
0: up. Brock is breathing heavy. But both of these guys have both taken a finishing move. Oh my god! Brock. Uh, Eddie took that F five from Brock Lesnar. Brock yeah. took that monster spear from uh, from Goldberg. Yeah. And, Goldberg has now left the ring, and Eddie, going for the pin. The referee, crawling over, one, Uh. two, and Brock escapes. Uh. And the referee, apparently using up all the consciousness he had left, is once again out. Uh. (laughs) Eddie looks down at the championship and smiles. Eddie uh, has never been afraid to cheat. Uh Eddie always said, uh, I lie, I cheat, I steal, but at least I'm honest about it. <laughs> so he's sort of a sort of a Robin Hood okay. type okay. figure. And in this case at least, turnabout is fair play. Brock was gonna hit him with that with that belt, so why not?
2: Okay.
0: And here's uh here's Eddie. He's got that he's got that belt. He's just just waiting for Brock to stand up so we can hit him right between the eyes. Ooh. And Brock staggers to his feet. Eddie charges. Oh, Brock uh, ducks. Oh. And once again, Brock lifts up Eddie, slowly, given his bad knee, going for that F five again, and Eddie counters and drops Brock right on ooh, his head.
1: Oh, right on top of the right on top the of the belt, which Eddie
0: Eddie flings out. He he scales the ropes. The entire arena is on fire. Like everyone's on their feet. Frog Splash oh. hits him square in the chest. The referee. One, two, three, and Eddie Guerrero has done it. Wow. And just look, like, no one in this arena is standing. And you just see people cheering. Yeah, he fine. immediately just his first response is to just leap into the audience. <laughs> These aren't even people he knows. These are yeah. just <laughs> this, arena security is pulling Eddie Guerrero <laughs> <laughs> gonna, out of out they're of the arena. Tear him to pieces because they love him
1: so yeah. much. <laughs> he's just he's just
0: he's just overcome. I yeah. mean, you have to the character and also the performer. There he is holding that that world championship. Wow! And look at. I don't. I don't know. I don't know a wrestler who's a good enough actor to fake this kind of emotion. There, uh, his mother in the front row, and uh, one of his brothers, uh, Mondo. Yeah. Who you may recall from the Legend of Chavo Guerrero, okay. Hector and Mondo, young Eddie okay. G. Okay, yep. yeah, that's Mondo. It's ringing a bell. Okay, Mondo who uh, also went on to uh, be the the trainer for the original Glow Girls.
1: Oh, oh wow.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool. I still gotta watch that. Oh, it's great stuff. Oh yeah, I've, I've, I've heard that and, about and it. Uh, the trainer for the uh, for the the actresses in the show yeah. was Chavo Guerrero Junior. Ah so nice. the Guerrero family as a whole have their, their fingerprints all over all over glow. Cool. And and here's uh, Eddie sort of just hoisting up the uh his his world heavyweight championship his wwe heavyweight championship and and the california California flag flag. which is weird because he's from texas but i think they're in california so (laughs) i think maybe he thought it was a mexican flag at first so he was like holding it up and then he was like oh wait (laughs) this is like okay and then he like goes and And gives it to his mom (laughs) for some reason like you take Uh. just just take this and there he goes he uh he shimmies his way uh Shims his way up the ramp and uh handshakes handshakes that you see that one guy holding a sign that said it's your time to die latino heat, oh God, and even he looked thrilled that eddie <laughs> uh, that Eddie pulled this out and look at Brock <laughs> just has no idea how to react yeah ed Eddie on his knees with this championship kisses it and holds it overhead and uh that's the end of the match. Okay. So, what did you? Uh, so 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 what did you think? This was this your first uh, your first ever full pro wrestling match? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. So what did what did you think? What were your what were your overall your overall thoughts?
1: Uh, I I definitely have a little more appreciation for the fight choreo aspect. Yeah. Considering all the, I I I could easily see which. Hits were uh, exaggerated. Yep.
2: There's that. Sure.
1: Uh, yes, yeah, so I can make that out. Um, uh, yeah. So, so some actually followed through on to an extent. Some actually. yeah. So I I appreciated the fight choreo. I appreciated some of like the actual techniques. I I have a martial arts background, so um, the. So I I did have an appreciation for some of the the head and leg locks and arm
0: locks that were showcased. Um yeah, Eddie yeah. uh by Eddie specifically. Um did a lot of really good limb work. Yeah. There's a lot of uh what you call catch as catch can uh okay. wrestling, which is a sort of traditional uh North American and English style of just uh informal wrestling right. and that's the the ancestor of modern professional wrestling. Okay. That was the sort of wrestling that made its way onto the carnival circuit. Yeah. Which was the start of the sort of uh, last 10 minutes in the ring with the champ. Okay. Scam. Okay. okay. Where you would have a, you would have somebody... Stand up and say, "I'll take the champ," and uh-huh. they last nine minutes and fifty nine seconds with the champ, and kind of make him look like a chump. But he was working for the carnival the whole time. Gotcha. So then okay. the the, t- the local tough guy's like, "I could take him on," and then the champ beats him in ten seconds because he knows uh, he knows how to apply a joint lock. <laughs> so that's actually the the secret origin of, okay. of pro wrestling. Okay. It started in carnivals. Okay. okay. And uh, and eventually they started to put on exhibitions. So a lot of the a lot of the holds that you see. In pro wrestling, do have uh, an authentic basis in that sort of traditional grappling, okay. cool. and Eddie's a, as a member of a very storied wrestling lineage, obviously knows more than his uh, his fair share of, uh, yep. of holds. Um, what did you think of What did you think of the, uh, of the narrative, the way the way that they constructed this story?
1: He was definitely handled well. I feel like, I feel like, maybe just me, but they probably could have trimmed down, the length a little bit. Because uh, there was definitely some stuff that was maybe a little overwrought,
0: I'd say, uh, just from a slight repetitive standpoint. We might have we might have gone to the well a few many a few too many times on the drop kick to the knee. Yeah. Some of the shoulders, some of the elbow stuff, some of the slamming into the corner type
1: stuff at the beginning. But yeah, um, overall better than i expected from from uh, an entertainment and a fight standpoint.
0: Yeah, and one one thing i always like i always like to point out is that we are watching this with the sound off. Yeah, which is a huge component especially in a match like this where people so clearly have an, an emotional investment yeah. in one of the performers. Yeah. Because that's sort of one of the things that pro wrestling does really well yeah. is Make a whole arena full of people beg for the same moment of catharsis. Yeah. Build to it, build to it, and then give it to them. Okay. And when you hear, uh, when you hear the people chanting, Eddie, 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 I-, I noticed there were a few times where you were like, where you got caught up, and you were like, yeah. No, pin him. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I don't always talk back to the TV or the, or the movie screen, but.
0: <laughs> but when you do, it's a good sign. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. I I, I I, don't always riff, but when I
0: do... <laughs> <laughs> this was sort of really shocking. Everyone was hoping that this would happen, but because of the thing they set up with Brock's old rival in Kurt yeah. Angle and yeah. the whole thing with Goldberg, it just didn't feel like it would make sense to go forward with Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. Um, and it sort of created a lot of excitement because... Nobody was expecting it to happen, and then it yeah. happened it felt it felt real in that sense. it felt like uh chaotic and it didn't feel planned yeah. and people were 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 just sort of caught up in the excitement of Eddie Guerrero in this moment. uh Brock Lesnar went on to wrestle uh, this is only a month before WrestleMania 20. Uh-huh. Eddie Guerrero went on to successfully defend his WWE championship against Kurt Angle. wow Brock Lesnar lost to Goldberg <laughs> in one of the worst matches of all time. Oh, God. <laughs> both guys were leaving the company after the match, mm-hmm. and news broke that both guys were leaving the company after the uh, match, and the people at Madison Square Garden uh, were unhappy and kind of booed <laughs> the shit out of both guys, and oh, they phoned it in God. so hard. <laughs> uh, that's not how you do it. Yeah. It's, it's sort of legendarily bad. Um, okay. Jason. Yeah. Do you know how the show ends? I do not. I ask you, uh-huh. my guest, wait yes. a minute. I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. Before the show ends, <laughs> I have to I have to do my I have to do my credits and I have to say. This has been another episode of I Hate Wrestling. I am your host, Matt International, man of wrestling. I want to thank uh, my good friend Corinne Dodenhoff for designing my logo. I want to thank uh, the Novas for my theme song The Crusher. I want to beg you, the listener, to like, subscribe, rate and review on iTunes, on SoundCloud. I want you to visit me at I Hate Wrestling on Facebook. I want you to uh, I want you to follow me on Twitter at IHWpod. I want you to visit me online at ihwpod.com. I want you to visit my Instagram at ihatewrestling. I want you to do all these things, and then I want you to go to the shop on my site, I want you to buy some t-shirts. I want you to buy three to five t-shirts, and then I want you to buy a mug, and then I want you to buy a fat dog bandana, and then I want you to buy stickers, and I want you to put them on every streetlight in your city. I want you to buy buttons. I want you to buy... Did I say mugs? I think so, yeah. Buy another mug. Ties and uh, hats. Yeah, that's right. I got I Hate Wrestling Trucker hats. Buy them. Um, Jason, do you have anything you want to plug?
1: Yes, I've actually been helping run a uh, film review site for like the last five years. We are called Monday Morning Matinee. We are MMM Film on Facebook, sorry, on Twitter and Instagram, and Monday Morning Matinee on Facebook. Mmm, film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you do any specific kind of films or? Uh, just anything, really. I've, what is it? I think my film tally this year, I think it's around 125. Okay. Uh, a large chunk of those are festivals, some in the New York, New Jersey area. And it's all stuff that I am behind on reviewing, <laughs> like several months behind. And there's more stuff coming out weekly, and I'm <laughs> seeing more stuff, and I'm still behind. Yeah, it it it's 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 a uh, a tragic cycle.
0: <laughs> well, uh, it sounds it sounds delicious. It is. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, here's here's how I end the show. I ask my guest, which is you, um, if you were going to be a pro wrestler. Yeah. What would your character be?
1: Uh, that's not something I've given a lot of thought to. And I don't know if it's a split second thing I can come up with right now. Uh, I don't know. I I really don't know. Uh, I, I would try not to be, uh, self-deprecating in a, uh, oh, hey, there's the martial art Jew or something like that.
0: (laughs) Oh hey, it's the martial
1: arts. <laughs> in, in some cases self-deprecating is the first thing that comes to mind, but at the same time it's like So you're not going to yeah, be no. the,
0: you're not going to be the Hebrewser. Oh god. <laughs> god, no. No. Okay, no, well, no, no, no. okay, what about I don't know. what what about the Okay, here's what you do. Um, do you know who the ultimate warrior was? Can't say I do. Fe, he wore wore face paint, like a lot of ranting and raving. Okay. Like tie-dye heights okay um i was gonna say you could be like you could be like a wild man unpredictable character and you could be the unorthodox jew <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> it's a real wild card uh, you know <laughs> uh. Okay. Uh, what about we could do something? We could do something in the in the in the in the film. Okay. In the in the in the film vein, okay. um, what would be a good name for a, for a pro wrestling film critic?
1: Uh, I mean, the main thing, like wrestling and film, wise that comes
0: to mind is Mickey Rourke. <laughs> <laughs> so, you should just be Mickey Rourke. That should be your character. <laughs> okay. R- Mickey Rourke. then <laughs> get yourself a leather a leather vest and a leather cowboy hat and also some leather pants
1: I do not wear that much leather ordinarily No but uh-huh. this
0: is this is your character clothes <laughs> <laughs> And you should you should just spell it differently <laughs> to to avoid to avoid any kind of legal snafus It's like M I K K I No Mic Mickey
1: with a three instead of an E. <laughs> Mickey with a three. Mick
0: Mick, Mick three. Mick three. <laughs> yeah. So pay pay me a pay, pay me a picture of uh, of what happens when uh when when Mick three <laughs> I don't know. has to, has to throw down.
1: I can't give you anything apart from the name. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs>
0: going to add in like 20 seconds of fart sounds no <laughs> that lowers
1: the quality <laughs> no there Un- is. unrelated fart jokes <laughs> no i
0: can't come up with related fart jokes uh.